something from it. Didn't get the new high-speed gear we wanted? Good. Didn't get promoted. Good. More time to get better. Oh, mission got canceled? Good. We can focus on the other one. Didn't get funded. Didn't get the job you wanted. Got injured. Sprained my ankle. Got tapped out? Good. Got beat? Good. Learned. Unexpected problems? Good. We have the opportunity to figure out a solution. That Jocko is intense, to say the least. That's definitely the impression that I got from reading this book. My name is Kevin Myers. This is my podcast. Um, the book I read is Extreme Ownership, uh, How Navy Seals Lead and Win. It's by Jocko Willink. Willink. It's a difficult name to pronounce, difficult last name, uh, and Leif Babin. Jocko is a retired U.S. Navy SEAL officer, host of the top-rated Jocko podcast, and co-founder of the Echelon Front, where he serves as chief executive officer, leadership instructor, speaker, and strategic advisor. Leif Babin is also a former Navy SEAL. His title is very similar. Um, He's also the co-founder of the Echelon Front, where he serves as president and chief operating officer. He's a leadership instructor, speaker, and strategic advisor. Quite like the authors, this book is intense. Um, The authors share harrowing tales from their time in combat. Uh, The book teaches you why leadership is so important and what traits good leaders need to be effective. The examples of leadership in this book are of the utmost importance because it's a matter of life life and death on the battlefield. The lessons these men have learned on leadership from their time in combat are effective in business and in life. I will be quoting directly from this book throughout the podcast. It is a very quotable book. Jocko and Willick, or Jocko and Leaf served together in SEAL Task Unit Bruiser, the most highly decorated special operations unit from the war in Iraq. As a commanding as a commander for the Task Unit Bruiser, Jocko led SEALs through some of the most intense fighting throughout the entire war. This includes an eight-month battle in the battle for uh, for Ramadi, Iraq, which was then the epicenter of the Iraqi insurgency. Babin served alongside uh, Jocko in combat. In Jocko's TED Talk, he, um, he explains the concept of extreme ownership. He tells a story from his time in the war He sets the background of the story as a fog of war. He says it's a fog of chaos, confusion, and mayhem. Jocko states that one of the most impactful lessons that he learned from the war was in the spring of 2006, which is in the city of Ramadi, Iraq. He explains the horror within this fog of war and how he was tragically involved in a friendly fire combat situation where a friendly Iraqi soldier was shot and killed. When he got back to the base, he found out that he has to, or on his way back to the base, he learned that he must explain to his commanding officers what just happened and who's responsible for what happened. Jocko goes to his men before he makes this decision and asks them what happened, asks them who is responsible for what happened. One of his men took ownership because he was commanding the group of friendly Iraqi soldiers, so it was his fault because he was the group, he was in charge of the group, that was out of formation and on the wrong route. 
Um, and that was probably the reason behind all the confusion. Someone else raises their hand and takes ownership. The man says that it's his fault because he didn't radio their location in time, so it's his fault that they didn't know where each other were. Another man raises his hand and explains that no, it's his fault because he's the man that shot and killed this friendly soldier. Jocko explains to his men that none of them is to blame for what happened because he was responsible for this mistake. He explains that since he's the senior commanding officer, he was in charge and he is responsible for everything that happens under his command, that it's his fault and he will take responsibility for what happened. Doing this, he gained the respect of his men because they realized that he would, quote, never pass that heavy burden of command down the chain and on to them. He gained the trust of his commanding officers as well. They expected finger-pointing and blaming others to be going on, but everyone took ownership for their mistakes and took ownership of their problems. And when a team takes ownership of their problems, the problems get solved. Jocko states in his TED Talk that this is true in the battlefield, in business, and in life. So I say, take ownership. Take extreme ownership. Don't make excuses. Don't blame any other person or any other thing. Get control of your ego. Don't hide your delicate pride from the truth. Take ownership of everything in your world, the good and the bad. Take ownership of your mistakes. Take ownership of your shortfalls. Take ownership of your problems. And then take ownership of the solutions that will get those problems solved. Take ownership of your mission. Take ownership of your job, of your team, of your future, and take ownership of your life. And lead. Lead. Lead yourself and your team and the people in your life. Lead them all to victory. That is a clip from Jocko at the University of Nevada during his TED Talk about the book titled extreme ownership. This class defines leadership as a process through which one person influences others towards the accomplishments of shared goals, empowering to translate a vision into reality and influencing the activities, perceptions, and exceptions of individuals to get them to willingly strive towards a common goal. It's quite similar to the definition that Jocko use, uses. He likes to use examples more than definitions and um, that will explain most of the thoughts listed in this podcast. Um, the book defines leadership as extreme ownership. The leader must own everything in his or her world. There is no one else to blame. The, lead the leader must acknowledge their mistakes and admit their failures, take ownership of them, and then develop a plan to win. 
And then you must ask, well, what is extreme ownership? Extreme ownership is taking all the responsibility yourself and avoiding shifting the blame. And that leaders should strive to control their egos. Jocko says that incorporating extreme ownership in all ranks will cultivate a culture whereby the juniors will not rely on the motivation of the leader or encouragement, but rather they will learn to do things by themselves. Jocko and Babin believe that there are no bad teams, only bad leaders. Jocko says that it is not about what you preach, but what you tolerate. A good leader sets and enforces standards of success because when substandard performance is accepted, it becomes the new standard. A good leader must pull all elements in his or her team and focus them towards achieving the organizational mission. This includes supporting team members to discover what the responsibility is and how they should do it. Jocko goes on to explain the importance of conveying purpose as a leader. In Ramadi, Iraq, he was tasked with working alongside and training friendly Iraqi soldiers. And this was no easy task because Jocko explains that these friendly Iraqi soldiers were mostly only there for a paycheck and didn't really have a clue about how to use the war equipment. He felt it was unfair and insulting because he believed that his crew of Navy SEALs were competent and did not need any assistance from the friendly Iraqis because their skill sets were very incompatible. Jocko then realizes that um, them working with these friendly Iraqi soldiers was a mission within itself, and it was important that they teach these friendly Iraqi soldiers how to defend their country. And he rationales this to his men that if we don't train them, if we don't teach them to defend their country, then we'll be fighting their wars forever, and we will never be able to go home. These types of situations are true in the business world as well. Jocko explains that he had an experience where he saw mid-level managers hesitant to ask their managers what they were doing, how they were doing it, what their purpose of this was. So he couldn't. So these middle managers couldn't explain to their employees what their purpose was, and it was a ripple effect. Um, I can kind of relate to this. Um, I can definitely be a little bit hesitant to step on people's toes and ask managers why they want certain things done a certain way. So I understand it. It's a common human thing that people are afraid to speak out. But providing employees and subordinates with a sense of purpose is fundamental to effective leadership. Leaders should never be satisfied. They must always strive to improve, and they must build that mindset into their team. They must face the facts through a realistic, brutally honest assessment of themselves and their team's performance. Identifying weaknesses, good leaders seek to strengthen them and come up with a plan to overcome challenges. The best teams anywhere, like Navy SEAL teams, are constantly looking to improve, add capability, and push the standards higher. It starts with the individual and spreads to each of the team members until this becomes the culture, the new standard. That's a quote directly from the book from Leif Babin, page 55. Good leaders identify weaknesses and they seek to strengthen them and come up with a plan to overcome challenges. The authors go on to explain the importance of containing ego. Jocko narrates his experiences in combat and in business where two leaders of groups had to work together to complete a common goal. Neither leader wanted to take orders from the other because neither of them can contain their ego. 
Jocko states that everyone has an ego. Ego drives the most successful people in life. In the Navy SEALs, in the military, in the business world, they want to win. To be the best, that is good. But when ego clouds our judgment and prevents us from seeing the world as it is, then ego becomes destructive. When personal agendas become more important than the team and the overarching mission, mission success, performance suffers and failure ensues. Many of the disruptive issues that arise within any team can be attributed directly to a problem with ego. Not containing your ego also hinders constructive criticism, and without constructive criticism, you'll never grow. That was a direct quote from the book as well, from Jocko. Babin explains the importance of cover and move on the battlefield and how um, it's kind of the most high-stakes form of teamwork. Relying on each other to achieve a common goal is something that good leaders preach to any successful team. And the authors explain that the importance of simplification is key because Babin states that simplicity is crucial to the success of any mission. Babin also says that simple as principle Simple as a principle is not only limited to the battlefield, but rather to all walks of life. The authors go on to explain the importance of prioritization and execution. Jocko states that a leader must be calm, but not robotic. It is normal and necessary to show emotion. The team must understand that their leader cares about them and their well-being. But a leader must control his or her emotions. If not, they can't expect to control anything else. Leaders who lose their temper also lose respect, but at the same time, to never show any sense of anger, sadness, or frustration would make that leader appear void of any emotion at all. A robot. People do not follow robots. We cover some of these same principles in class. In the article titled, Leadership That Gets Results by Daniel Goldman, the importance of emotional intelligence is expressed. The ability to manage ourselves and our relationships effectively. And that consists of four fundamental capabilities. Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and social skill. The comp competencies within these fundamental capabilities include accurate self-assessment, the ability to manage oneself and responsibilities, uh, teamwork and collaboration, um, and some of these uh, competencies um, within these fundamental capabilities are very similar to what Jocko and Babin are talking about in this book, just in a very amped up version. Um, Jocko goes on by stating that there is an answer to the age-old question of whether leaders are born or made. Obviously, some are born with natural leadership qualities such as charisma, eloquence, um, sharp wit, a decisive mind, the willingness to accept risk when others might falter, or the ability to remain calm in chaotic, high-pressure situations. Others may not process these qualities innately, but with a willingness to learn, with a humble attitude that seeks valid constructive criticism in order to improve, with disciplined practice and training, even those with less natural ability can develop into highly effective leaders. Others who were blessed with all the natural talent in the world will fail as leaders if they do not humble themselves to own their mistakes, control their ego, admit that they don't have it all figured out, seek guidance, learn, and continuously grow. It's a direct, a direct quote from the book. I paraphrased a few sections of that, but that's definitely one of the main 
ones that I took away as the most um, useful for me. The book explains the importance of understanding proper positioning as a leader and how it's key how it's a key component of effective decentralized command. This relates back to the self and social awareness um, that we were talking about earlier uh, from the David Goleman article. The authors express the importance of controlling the plan through a step-by-step process. The book explains the major factors to be aware of when leading up and down the chain of command are these. Take responsibility for leading everyone in your world subordinates and superiors alike. If someone isn't doing what you want them or want or need them to do, look in the mirror first and determine what you can do to to better enable this. Don't ask your leader for what you should do. Tell them what you are going to do. Much like David Goleman's analysis on self-confidence as a leader, this this book also states the importance of self-confidence and decisiveness. A practical recommendation the book includes um, for business leaders would be to not generally face life that may not be generally facing life or death situations, um, but they still are under quite a bit of intense pressure. The capital at risk, the markets in flux, and competitors actively working to outmaneuver opponents, professional careers and paychecks are at stake. Outcomes are never certain. Success is never granted. Even so, business leaders must be comfortable in the chaos and act decisively amid such uncertainty. And that's directly from the book. Sport professionals and any professional working as a leader can take this, the information in this book and become more successful. One thing that I took away from this book for sport professionals to use is the concept of um, accepting positive criticism. I feel like in today's day and age, we're too sensitive about our criticisms. And I myself have um, this own downfall that I'm trying to work on. And I feel like working on accepting and expressing positive, uh, any type of criticism, I think is very constructive. And um, whether you're working with a player or a coach or you're working with management, it's crucial to be able to express and take constructive criticism and performance uh, reviews. This book is insightful. It's intense um, and it has a ton of leadership information that is effective in all walks of life. I really enjoyed this book. I, I mean, it had pictures like every 30 pages or so of um, his experiences in the war. Um, so that was nice. It's nice to get a visual aspect of what's going on. Um, this, provokes, this book provides an intense look at what leadership and what impactful leadership relies on. Extreme ownership.